0: The ML Sports Platter is brought to you by our great friends over at Bet Online. Folks, football might be over for the season but basketball. We are in full steam ahead mode for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, and more. Betonline is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Or hop on those mobile devices right now and listen to this deal. You can sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus. On your first deposit, just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That's B L E A V to get started. And hey, look, it's not just basketball betting online, right? It's hockey, boxing, UFC odds, and a heck of a lot more. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. It's always ice cream season at the locally owned and operated Carvel of North Syracuse. And March is no exception. Come on in and get a taste of the Irish. All month long, they'll have delicious mint soft serve, mint flying saucers, mint milkshakes, and their amazingly popular cookie O puss cake. All perfect for the St. Patrick's season. Everything at Carvel of North Syracuse is made fresh. So no matter what kind of treat or design you want, they make it happen. Carvel open seven days a week, Brewerton Road in North Syracuse. This is Cal Ripken Jr., and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. DML Sports Platter back with you all over the major platforms. Go ahead and download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five star review. Be sure to hit me on Twitter at L Sports. We are brought to you by our great friends over at the Vince Aguirre Consulting Group, Elevate Fitness of Syracuse, and our terrific, terrific friends at Carvel uh, Ice Cream of North Syracuse. If you're in and around Central New York, you got to stop by and grab your favorite shake, your favorite sundae, and ice cream cakes for any occasion as well. Carvel of North Syracuse is a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. Do want to throw a tip of the cap. Thank you as well to the Swan and Whitaker families for their support of the platform, as well as Camille's Golf Club and Brian Comboy of Mass Mutual New York State. This is going to be an entire uh, podcast recapping the Syracuse basketball season and the disappointment that it was. Start with this. I've said for a long, long time around here that you know, Syracuse fans are spoiled um, for the most part. I mean, what you've seen in the Big East, the success, the tournament championships, the regular season championships, five Final Fours, National Championship, three times in the title game. Um, You know, Syracuse has been a premier, you know, program for a long time. I don't, you know, I think for a while there they were probably top 10 all time. I don't think that that's the case now, especially with, you know, UConn with multiple titles, and Villanova with multiple titles, and um, you know you've got Louisville in that group. You've got Michigan State somewhere. Uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not really sure that they're uh, that they're in, um, you know, in in that top ten, but but, but probably top fifteen or, or or no more, you know, no more than twenty. Um, and it took Jim Boeheim 46 years, 46 years to get his first losing season, which was a stat that just continued to blow me away, uh, all year long. And, you know, I knew the number going into this season, but as you got close to the possibility that it could happen, um, you know, you, you just kept going, holy cow. Cause you know, for, for, for all programs, no matter how good they are, no matter how great, you know, how, how elite they are, they have a stumbling block somewhere. Right. And Georgetown, look at what's going on, you know, this year. I mean, they basically went through their entire Big East schedule, right? Their entire Big East schedule head coached by the greatest player in the league's history and the greatest player in the Big East history. They went 0 and 19. They didn't win a game in the in the Big East all season. 0 and 19. I mean, that is that's brutal right? And they've lost 20 in a row. I mean, this team hasn't lost, won since December 8, uh excuse me, yeah, December 15th uh, against Howard, you know? You know, there was a time that Indiana was down. There was a time that North Carolina was down. There was a time that many programs have been down, right? Um, so it does happen. Um, and it happens a lot with losing records. And when Syracuse has been down, they haven't had a losing record under Jim Beheim. They've, you know, they've stayed above five hundred. They've managed to still get into an NIT, uh, whatever the case may be, right? Um, in the most down of years, um, you know, probation, uh, uh, sanctions, whatever the case may be, um, you know, have <laughs> never had a losing season under Jim Beheim. It's it's really. It's really remarkable. I mean, when you think about forty six years, you can think it's, it had to have happened once, right? Um, so let's break down this regular season, and I, I want to kind of start at the end and then kind of work my way back up. Uh, in, in that Miami game, I, I I was fortunate this year because I got back in the dome a lot because I worked some stack gigs for ESPN, so I was at a lot of these games. I I um you know I was at the Miami game. I was at the Duke game. Uh, I was at the Florida State game. Um, so I was able to go to, you know, quite a bit of these, uh, quite a bit of these games. And one thing that I really, really, really took from the jump, watching them and eventually, you know, seeing them lose uh, in the beginning of the year to to pretty much everybody, uh, and we'll get into those games, Um you know was three three big things Syracuse was lacking right from the jump and it was athleticism it was talent and it was defense and within that athleticism they just aren't that quick right they don't have a guy who can you know steal it from the top of the zone and just burn down the court and you know create offense off of defense they don't have a guy uh who can absolutely positively take the ball with 20 you know with 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 5 seconds to go uh you know on, on on the shot clock and burn by a guy and just create his own jump shot um you know and and I would say another thing to add to it is that they Syracuse had this year a lot of really nice players they did but none of them are elite takeover game players, you know, I mean, they don't have, you know, a, a Jabari Smith, a Connor Gillespie, um, you know, they don't have those kind of guys. They don't have a Drew Timmy, you know, uh, they, they they don't have Paulo Bancaro, you know, they don't have those kind of, they don't have a Baycott at North Carolina, Armando Baycott. Um, you know, I, they just don't have one of those guys. They have a lot of nice players. They have they have nice players Jimmy Bayheim came in and, and basically gave him exactly what I thought he would um, but again he's on the probably the next deck of athleticism and talent he's a nice player um, and he gave him a lot he rebounded he played a ton of minutes um, you know he gave him a, a, a threat inside and outside he's a nice player there's no doubt Jesse Edwards before he went down was really playing well but he's a nice player who's still growing Joe Girard turns the ball over too much. He's not great at the end of games. He can score uh, like crazy, but he's a nice player. He's not an overwhelmingly great player. He's not an overwhelmingly elite player. You know, B- uh, Benny Williams was a guy who I thought should have played more in the beginning of the year. Uh, you saw him kind of shine against Duke. He, then he gets hurt. Um, you know, he'll hopefully be in the mix for the future. He says he's coming back, but again, these are young people. They make decisions, you know, every other day. Uh, that might be different. Um, you know, the best player on the team was Buddy Bayheim. I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, Buddy finished the regular season uh, in the ACC with the scoring average lead and total points as well uh, as far as total scoring. Um, ACC tournament games count, so we'll see if he can hang on to that mark. But he was clearly the best player. And a lot of times Buddy was able to get, you know, shots off, create his own shots. From just dribbling into that kind of mid-range, you know, area and just popping and pulling, um, but if that wasn't the case, B- Buddy can't take it to the hole with the dribble. He, he's not fast enough to do that. He's not skill enough to do that. Doesn't mean he's not a really good player. It's just that's not. He doesn't have that in his in in his arsenal. Um, you know. So when you look at this team across the board, you're you're, you're, you're kind of missing. Those elements, you're missing the talent, you're missing some athleticism, you know, you're missing defense. This is one of the worst defensive teams I've ever seen at Syracuse. Um, they can't cover the back door. They leave shooters open all the time on the wings, especially. Um, it's just not a good defensive team. And a lot of that has to do with, um, you know, lacking some athleticism for sure. But, you know, Buddy Bayheim at the top is 6'6", that's nice. Um, Joe Girard, 6'1". Uh, it's very, very, very different from a two, three zone that might have, you know, a Michael Carter Williams at six, five, six, six, and a Brandon Trish at six, three or six, two, um, you know, Gerard, it says six, one, but I, I could Lord, if he's six foot when I see him in person, every time I, you know, that's gotta be a media guide, uh, media guide listing there at six, one. Um, but you know, you got Jimmy Bayheim at six, eight Jimmy Bayheim on the wings, you know, he's not 6'9", 6'10", and he's not as long as some others, right? Frank Anselm, I think, going into this year, maybe we thought they'd get a little bit more out of him. He didn't play that much. Um, he was forced in there in the Miami game because, and I'm going to get into the Miami game here, um, but you know, he he was clueless, and he was forced in because of all the injuries, right? I mean, they're missing, you know, they're missing everybody. I mean, Jesse Edwards is out, Benny Williams is out, Torrance was out in that game. Um, You know, but there's just, it's a different zone as well. It's just not the long, you know, Sidibe had injury problems. You know, I think Syracuse was really hoping that he was going to have a big year, um, and he's 6'10", manning the the underneath role. Uh, Jesse Edwards obviously, you know, took over for that, but then he gets hurt, then Sidibe's in, and then by that point it's already late in the year. So it's just been, I mean, it was a nightmare season. There's no other way around it. Um, but it's, it, it was, a you know, Benny Williams is 6'8", you know. But, again, 6'9", 6'10", you know, more of that wingspan. Even if you're 6'7", 6'8", you know, the wingspan and the ability coupled with the athleticism, it just wasn't there. Um, talent, athleticism, lack of defense, um, and just a lot of really nice players. Not an elite, you know, game-breaking, take-over-a-game type of guy. Um, and, you know, it really, it's amazing. There might not have been a game where the opponent... Really exploited Syracuse more in all those categories I just mentioned than the Miami game to end the year, right? Syracuse went into the game fifteen and fifteen. They were nine and ten in the ACC, looking to get above five hundred so that you know they can save that winning season streak uh, under Jim Boeheim, and and finish you know a game uh, or well I'll finish fi- at five hundred in the ACC. Here's the thing. In this game, Syracuse was up by eleven at the half. I think he felt pretty good as an SU fan, you know. In the second half, um, in in the beginning, um, you know, Syracuse was able to keep the heat on. They were able to absolutely positively get a ton of, um, you know, uh, rebounding um, from the likes of Jimmy Bayheim and others. Um, Sidibe had a good game. Um, you know, Buddy Bayheim was able to create some shots. Um, you know, Syracuse is up 42 to 26 after a made three by Buddy Bayheim. Um, you know, Sidibe makes a layup, uh, you know, they're going back. I mean, they're up 14, you know, with 16 and a half to go, um, you know, and then things started to get really tight and Miami went on a little bit of a run there. They cut it to 46, 40, 46, 41, 46, 42. Then all of a sudden it's 48, 42 after the Jimmy Bayheim layup, then it's 48, 44, um, Miami just keeps coming, keeps coming, and then they started to make some real adjustments um, You know, on Buddy Boeheim, Uh after Joe Girard made the three-pointer with 9-12 to go that made it 56-48. Um, Miami started really coming with uh, some different defensive packages, and they were getting inside a lot. Miller, Wong, uh, McCusty. Uh, McGusty, all these guys were getting these easy lay-ins, and and the defense was failing. Now, Syracuse still was able to answer and go up You know, 8 again, 68-60, 70-62, 70-60 before that, up 10. Um, And then again, tighten up. Buddy Boeheim makes a couple of free throws. Uh, McGusty makes a jumper. It's a five-point game. He makes another jumper. It's a three-point game. Miller makes a layup. It's a two-point, and you're going... What the in the last couple minutes you're going? What is happening here? I'll tell you what happened in the final two and a half minutes. Going back to the Buddy Bayhey made jumper, seventy to sixty. Okay, seventy to sixty. Syracuse got absolutely rocked, and they got outscored fifteen to two in the final two and a half minutes. Fifteen to two. Because it was 70-60 Syracuse. They only scored two more free throws the rest of the way by Buddy Bayheim with 110 left. And in the final 110, Syracuse was outscored 10 to nothing. And in that, in that stretch of 2.5 to 110 and down, you just saw it. You saw Miami pressure. Syracuse isn't good against pressure. Bayheim talked about that in the postgame. I don't know why they can't be good against pressure. They've got leadership. They have judge, They have senior guards. They have ball handlers. I think Torrance would have helped a great deal in this game, you know. And, and if I were coaching the team, uh, which obviously I don't have the credentials that Jim Beheim does, and I would never try to say that I do, but my idea would be if if Torrance was in there, I would have put Torrance in over Gerard. Um, you know, a guy who just continues to stumble at the end of games. I mean, he's just he's just brutal at the end of games. I mean, remember that. Play at Carolina. He threw the ball. You know he throws the ball off of Buddy's foot. Uh, It's just, you know, the decision making, the turnovers. It's just brutal. Um, And but you know he can score with everybody. I mean that's what's crazy about it. Now I will tell you, I will tell you that that's another element of the Syracuse team that they can score at will. Pretty much every single game they can score. They can make threes. Cole Swider, Jimmy Beheim, Buddy Beheim, Joe Girard. You know, Jesse Edwards was scoring for quite a while. Benny Williams even could score against Duke. You know, they I mean, look at the Duke game. They that was one of the most efficient, best offensive games that Syracuse has had all year, but their defense let just everything go and they lose by 25. In the Miami game, in the final 110 and two and a half minutes as well, 15-2 run and then a 10-0 run at the end of you know 110 left in this game. You really saw Syracuse get completely and utterly exploited i mean there's no other way around it everywhere you looked the press defense the way miami was easily getting into the lane right the made layups the made jumpers i mean miller was having a field day in this game down the stretch right like they were they were all over the place you know miami it seemed like couldn't miss in the last two and a half, and Syracuse couldn't do anything in the final two and a half. I mean you look at these you look at these um possessions for Syracuse, you know, Gerard misses a jumper, didn't have legs. Um Anselm turns the ball over. Gerard turns the ball over. Swider turns the ball over. Foul on Buddy Bayheim You know uh you know just terrible, terrible execution down the stretch. You know, I mean you're up double figures in the second half I understand that it's a game of runs, but man, I mean, giving up those leads repeatedly and just the awful, awful execution in the last two and a half minutes and certainly the final 110 to get outscored 15-2 to two, and then 10 to nothing is just absolutely deplorable. Um, but I thought this Syracuse team, I mean, listen, I made jokes about it way early in the year with people like, oh, don't worry, you know, they'll be fine, you know, they, 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 they give up 100 points on their home floor and lose to Colgate. And, oh, my God, you know, the season's over right then and there for all the SU fans. I said, oh, don't worry. You know, they'll find a way. They'll probably beat Duke at home. They'll steal a couple here and there. They'll get one on the road that they, they shouldn't, you know, and they'll end up being four or five games over 500, you know, and they'll get into the NCAA tournament, and then they'll go to the Sweet 16 because that's what they do, um, which is fine because it's how you finish, not how you start. But this team, it was a little bit different. You know, while I was making those jokes, I also had had a lot of conversations with people about this team. And I just was very concerned about those things I mentioned. Um, You know, when you're getting blown off the ball by Colgate, uh, you know, off the ball shooting, um, leaving guys wide open, you know, the defense, the lack of athleticism, uh, you name it. Uh, I knew how good of a team VCU was going to be again, because I'm very close to the A-10, obviously, with St. Bonaventure. And, you know, it was no surprise that Syracuse lost that game. Um, You know, they were a 2-2 and team uh, at Thanksgiving time. Um, You know, they got that big win against Arizona State. They got blown out by Auburn, who might win the national championship. They're certainly a a contender. But the game where I thought there might have been some hope, um, it was actually a two-game stretch. It was November 30th and December 4th. And I said, hang on now. They were tested... Every single step of the way against Indiana at home. Every single step of the way. They were also facing, really, um, an an NBA guy in Indiana superstar Jackson Davis. I mean, this guy is a 6'9", 6'10", forward, 245 pounds out of Indiana. Trace Jackson Davis can literally do it all Um, and, and just had a spectacular year Um, you know, averaging 17.4 points a game, and uh, he was almost 58% from the floor, and he averaged 8.2 rebounds a game. He was a very, very good player, super strong kid, um, you know, for Indiana. And, you know, Syracuse answered the bell, man. I mean, they went to two overtimes. I worked that game as well. And I said to myself, man, you know, like, Buddy was unbelievable. Jimmy was unbelievable, Um, you know, they made 13-3. They shot 34, but they made 13. Um, you know, Swider was in double figures. Uh, they got out-rebounded by 15. 15, and they got out-assist, out-assisted assist, by, out by 10. And you're sitting there going, how's that possible? How the hell did they win the game? Well, Indiana turned it over 26 times. Syracuse turned it over 12. Um, and, you know, Syracuse's guys just down the stretch were incredible. I mean, Jackson Davis scored 31 as well. The starters in this game, four of the five starters for each team, were absolutely spectacular. Uh, actually, all five starters were 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 really good at worst and spectacular for Syracuse. Going from really good Cole Swider, um, really good Jesse Edwards, great Joe Gerard, great great Jimmy Beheim, you know, and 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 Buddy Boeheim. Um They were you know in, in, elite performances, even you could say, uh, in 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 that game. And I said, man, you know they answered the bell. You know, they really did. They answered the bell. They gave up 11 threes. They got killed on the glass. They gave up 31 to Jackson Davis. And they still came out with a win. I said, you know what? Found a way to win. Found a way to win. And then they go on the road. And in what I think at the time, at the time, was probably the best win of the year. And I say that simply because Florida State, to me, before they crumbled at the end, they seem to be a really, really, really strong Final Four contender. Obviously, I know that's not the case now, and, and that arena down there is incredibly difficult to win uh, in. And Syracuse pulled out just a gritty, uh, you know, three-point defensive-type win, and you're going, okay, like, here we go now. You fast forward, they play Villanova. They lose by 14, no surprise. Villanova, one of the best teams in the country. But then the game at Georgetown brought you back and, and you just kind of were saying, mm, they don't have it. This isn't good. And Georgetown proved just how bad they were and it proved how bad of a loss that was to Georgetown. Um And you know, look, Syracuse isn't very good either. I get it, but they ain't Georgetown. Georgetown has not won since late December, as I mentioned, okay? This is a basketball team that did not win a game in the Big East Conference all year. They went 0-19, period of discussion. They've lost 20 in a row. So that was a horrific loss for Syracuse. They come back, beat Brown and Cornell. Then they lose three in a row, no surprise. Virginia at home, at Miami, uh, you know, one-point game. That was a hell of a game. Tough loss there, tough pill to swallow. At Wake Forest, loss in OT. And that's the thing too. Syracuse had a few games this year—you know, two-point game, three-point game, five-point game, um, uh, couple-point game down the stretch. Bad turnover, or a, a missed shot, or leaving a guy wide open. Um, just from an execution standpoint, one play here, one play there. Um, you know, they they beat Pittsburgh, uh, lose to Florida State um, at home, uh, Clemson. They beat by double figures at home. They get trounced at Duke, no surprise. At Pitt, they lose double figures. And then a four-game win streak. And you said, okay, maybe they're coming on a little bit here. I know that these teams aren't that great, but you play who you play. They beat Wake and NC State, Louisville, and BC, um, two of which were on the road. And you thought, okay, maybe. Then they go to Va Tech, lose by 12. Then they win two in a row, BC and Georgia Tech again. And then you found out the last four games who Syracuse is again, because they're just not good enough to keep up with Miami, to keep up with North Carolina, to keep up with Duke, to keep up with Notre Dame, and you know uh, all those teams are are tournament teams. You know Notre Dame is a 22 win team. They're they're a solid group. Miami's going to make the tournament. Carolina's going to make the tournament. Duke has a chance to win the national championship. Uh, you know Carolina just beat Duke at Duke in Coach K's final home game. So. You know, you found out right then and there, those last four, like, okay, yeah. You know, because you're kind of thinking as an SU fan, when they're 15-12 and and they're 9-7 and in the ACC, you're thinking, okay, they've been beating some bad teams, but they still found something. I mean, they they had to have even, you know, because Syracuse isn't that good, but they still won six of seven. And you're thinking to yourself, you know, they've done it at home. They did it on the road. You know, maybe they're finding their groove a little bit here. And obviously I know, you know, Edwards going down really hurt a lot of momentum too, but like you're 15 and two, nine and seven, you're thinking, can you get, can you get two games out of the last four? Somehow, someway can you get grab two? And I thought that at Carolina was probably at, well, home for Duke was, was the toughest at Carolina, second toughest uh, at Notre Dame, third toughest only because it's a row game and then Miami thought maybe, 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 maybe if you could sneak out of Notre Dame, win that game and then win against Miami, you know, your year is, you know, you're 17 and 14, um, you know, and then in the ACC, you know, you you, you flip-flop that record, you're 11 and 9, you know, maybe you win a game or two in the ACC tournament, you start to get hot, you know, and all the rest, but instead... They end on just a horrible note, not just losing three games going to the Miami game, but losing that game in the fashion they did, fifteen to two run in the final two and a half, and then of course the you know the final minute ten there that I've alluded to as well. I mean, it's just good grief, you know, ten zero run. Uh, you just you can't lose games like that, and you know Syracuse was exposed, and you know we'll see what they do in the ACC tournament, but. I don't expect a lot. I expect a, basically a loss right out of the shoot against Florida State. Florida State's not that good um, anymore. I thought, again, beginning of the year, I thought that was a quality basketball team. But 17-13, and 13, they've got to win the ACC tournament to get in, um, which is possible because it's March, I guess. Uh, I don't see it, but it's possible because you're playing the games, right? you got to roll the ball out and see who wins. But overall, this is what I would take if I'm an SU fan, okay, from the season. All right? Number one. Is the high point of the year? I thought was the Indiana win and the Florida State win on the road. Those two wins—that was the high point. That was when the roster was healthy. Uh, that was when they were clicking on all cylinders. Um, you know, that was when they were playing defense to a degree against Florida State. Obviously, they gave up 110 to Indiana, but that was just a shooter shoot game. Um, you know, the low point of the year clearly—you know—losing against Colgate at home, giving up 100 points. Uh, and losing by double figures and losing at Georgetown. Those were the two low points, no doubt. Uh, and I would probably say with Colgate and Georgetown, probably the Miami game only because I would add that into a low point, but not the lowest point, because I think even when they blew that lead, we kind of knew who they were. You know, they were, they were at best, they were going to be a game over five hundred would have been nice to have had the winning seasons pre- preserved the streak but at best we they were a 500 team basically right either one up or one down you're about a 500 team so uh georgetown that loss and colgate at home ooh, those were those were the low points and as far as next year goes i mean look we don't know who's going to come back right we've got the transfer portal we've got uh uh name image likeness which can create you know people wanting to do different things uh, and go different places. Um within that transfer portal. Um, you know, Jimmy Bayheim doesn't have any eligibility left. Buddy Bayheim with the corona year could come back. Girard could come back. Um everybody else pretty much could come back. If if, if they're a senior, you know, Sidi Bay and company, they can all come back. Um Swider could come back with the with the corona year. Um my hope is that, you know, Joe Girard moves on. Um you know in Torrance who's a junior, is back. Benny Williams is back as a sophomore. Jesse Edwards gets you know healthy from breaking that wrist. He comes back as a junior. Um, Buddy, you know, look, it'd be great for him to come back. There's no doubt. Um, I don't know what he'll do, but let's assume he doesn't, right? He could, but let's assume he doesn't. Maybe Sidibe does come back to try and, you know, kind of polish his resume up to go play overseas. Uh, maybe Swider does. I don't know, but I, I would expect, many of these guys not to, Um, you know, In the Syracuse recruiting class next year looks solid, but they've got to find a a, a way, you know, to have a weapon, um, you know, that's, that's, that's fast athletic and they got to get, you know, a little bit more talent on the roster. So uh, we'll see what happens overall disappointing season, but by the same token, if you're a Syracuse fan, think about how lucky you've been, right. To not have a losing season, in any of your lifetimes, it's pretty pretty remarkable, uh, you know. And then you add the monster success of the program. Still okay to be a Syracuse fan. Still okay. It was just a bad year, and we'll see if they can rebound. And I do not expect Jim Beheim, by the way, to go anywhere. The ML Sports Platter is brought to you by our great friends over at Tiny Bubbles Laundromat, the Al and Angus Pub, and your State Farm agent Matt Graham. Get a free rate quote today from Matt SyracuseInsuranceAgent.com is the website. That's Syracuse Insurance Agent. Com. We are also brought to you in part by Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare, Ken's Auto Detailing, and Stumble and Monkey Brewing Company. Log on to Stumble and Monkey uh, Brewing Company's uh, uh, website. They've got a ton of great stuff. If you're in and around uh, the western New York area, um, you can get the growlers, the crawlers, the draft selection is amazing. And uh, you can check them out at stumbleandmonkeybeer.com. That's Stumble and Monkey Beer. They are closed on Mondays but open Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. They have award-winning craft beer and also serving Finger Lakes area wine and New York spirits. School Street in Victor, New York. Go to the website, stumblingmonkeybeer.com. Shop, check out the beers, read about the history of the brewery, and a heck of a lot more. Uh, They've got uh, 18.5-ounce mug uh, available for larger pours every single day as well. You can sign up for the mug club while you're at Stumble and Monkey Brewing Company. I'm Mike Lindsley. Thanks for listening to the ML Sports Platter. Hit me on Twitter at Mike L Sports. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. The ML Sports Platter is brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.